the reason that you found yourself in the house of God tonight. Because he has something for you that you never imagined tonight. Spirit of God is set down in the middle of this house. And I know you can feel it. It doesn't matter what you have need of tonight. He's going to take care of it. Whether you need healing in your body, it is yet to happen. Whether you need the Holy Ghost or speaking in other tongues. God's going to do that for you tonight if you have the expectation that it will happen. Do you believe that with me tonight? Grab your Bibles. Continue to pray for Pastor and his family as they're preaching tonight in Wisconsin. And I pray that they have safe travels, travels as they make their way back to Huntington tomorrow. <clears throat> Ezekiel chapter 36. We're going to have three verses. Ezekiel, Joel, Acts. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everybody say all. Just not for a few people. It's for all people. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Acts chapter 19 in verse 1. And it came to pass that while Paulus was at Corinth... And Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Let's put our Bibles down. Let's pray. God, we come to you this evening. We thank you for your presence, your visitation in this house tonight. God, there are those that are under the sound of my voice that have a need. God, I want you to move accordingly in this house upon the desires of the hearts that are here tonight. God, we ask of you that your perfect will, your perfect purpose would be done tonight in this house. 
God, we love you. We know that you are able to do this thing. In the name of Jesus, we beseech you, O oh God, Lord, that you would perform your work in Jesus' name. Why don't we clap our hands to him? Why don't we lift up our voice? Come on, why don't you lift up your voice? God, have your way. God, have your way. Do what you want to do. Perform what you want to perform, God. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Tonight, I want to speak to you from our reading in Acts chapter 19 and verse 2 on this subject. Since you believed. Since you believed. No book in the world is more amazing or more powerful than the Word of God, the Bible. Even as a work of literature, it has no parallel. Although great men have celebrated the importance of the Bible, it does not receive its value from the praise of men. The Bible is important because it is the pure, absolute Word of God. While it was physically pinned by human beings, every word was written under God's divine inspiration, His anointing, and His direction. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 20 says this, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved on, moved by the Holy Ghost, moved on by the Spirit of God, inspired, compelled to write the words in that Bible that you hold tonight. The Bible is important because it is absolute truth. It is reliable and dependable. You can have total confidence and trust in the truth of the Word of God tonight. And that's what we're preaching tonight is the absolute Word. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13 says, When you receive the Word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. The Bible is important because it is unchanging. It is eternal. It is everlasting. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35. This is Jesus speaking. He says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The Bible is important because it gives us answers and instructions for the issues of life. 
it tells of mankind for a need for a savior. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passeth upon all men, for that all have sinned. It reveals God's love for the world. 1 John 3.16 Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. It portrays God's plan for saving the world. John chapter 3 and verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It imparts God's instruction on how we should live. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, which is belief and teaching for reproof, which is discipline, for correction, which means to make something right, for instruction in righteousness, which is training, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It teaches us the nature and character and power of the one true God. It reveals to us our fallen sinful nature. It shows what we must do to be saved and have eternal life. It teaches us to how to overcome temptation. It teaches us how to live a holy life that pleases God. It teaches us how to be a part of the church of God. It instructs us how to treat other people. He said for reproof, it means discipline. The word discipline comes from the word disciple. The word correction means to mend our ways or make something right that was wrong. And then he ends it with instruction in righteousness. It means to be tutored or trained in equity of character. The act of being educated in holiness, being educated in godliness, being educated in morality, Christian development, both inward and outward. It is a manual for our spiritual training. First Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God. Everybody say God. God. Say it like you mean it. God. God was manifest in flesh. He's one, folks. Justified in the Spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Who was that? Oh, you need to say it again. 
Jesus believed on in the world and received up in the glory. John chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness. Oh, thank God for the light. And the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Who is that? Jesus, full of grace and truth. The Word, Word, is translated in the original text as thought as idea, as expression. The thought, the idea, the expression was made or it came into existence. Jesus Christ is the living Word of God. Verse 11, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Jesus Christ is the living Word of God. Jesus Christ, who was God, manifest in flesh, not only did He do miraculous things while walking this earth, but He allowed Himself to be crucified for you and I. He loved His creation that much. He loved you before you were even a thought in your daddy's mind. He knew who you were. He knew who you would be. He knew that you would be here on a Sunday night. And He loves you that much. The exciting news is that He rose from the dead that you might have life. If you believe and receive Him, Jesus gives us the power power to become the sons of God by a supernatural birth. He spoke about the new birth one night to the ruler of the Jews. John chapter 3 and verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He didn't quite understand. So Jesus answered, He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter. Not just see, but he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not, I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The Lord told Nicodemus that everyone who wanted to see or enter the kingdom of God must. Everybody say must. Must be born again of water and of the Spirit. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name, everybody say in the name, of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus also told Nicodemus that whosoever believeth in him should have eternal life. Jesus mentioned two seemingly different requirements for salvation. One is being born again. The other is believing. Thus, this is not a contradiction. The next scripture that we're getting ready to read explains how believing is related to experiencing the birth of the Spirit. John chapter 7, verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. If we believe on him, according to the word, the Bible said that we will receive the Spirit. Believing in Jesus is more than just a change in the way we think. It also results in a scriptural experience. And you're going to experience that tonight if you have never received the Holy Ghost. Just after the death, the burial, the resurrection, and just before His ascension into heaven, He tells His disciples in Luke 24, 45, it said, Then opened He their understanding that they might understand the Scripture. That's what we're doing tonight. And He said unto them, Thus it is written, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer. 
to rise from the dead the third day. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name, in the name of Jesus, among all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise, thank God for the promise, of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Two things should be preached. Repentance and remission, which is baptisms of sin. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then the first step to being born again is repenting and believing the gospel. The next step is being born again of the water and of the Spirit. Repentance means the act of turning around, literally an about face from sin to God. It's a decision to turn away from the actions that lead to death. It is sorrow godly sorrow with tears. It's a change in my thinking. It's a change in my direction. It's a moment of God forgiving me of my sin and I'm making a decision. I'm making a thought that I'm not going to do those things anymore. I'm not going to walk that way anymore. I'm not going to think like I used to think. I'm not going to go the places I used to go. Repentance is seeing the sin. And making a decision. Everybody say decision. It is a decision to turn away from it and run towards God. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 says, Repent. Everybody say repent. Ye therefore and be converted. It means you're changing something over to something else. I'm not the same that I used to be because God converted me into this. He said that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, true repentance is the first step. To God. Repentance prepares the heart to obey the scriptures further. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins and you shall everybody say shall it means you will there is no uh might it's you shall you will receive the gift of the holy ghost <laughs> baptism is the second step this is what the scripture says mark 16 16 he that believeth that was number one and is baptized, shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Not a good place to be. Baptism is the second step. 
of salvation. Romans chapter 6 verse 3 Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. It is a type and shadow of the burial being put in the tomb. I am burying the thing which has died in repentance. When somebody dies, you don't leave them laying on the ground. You dig a hole, you put them in a hole, and you bury them. It's a type and shadow of the burial of Jesus Christ. Therefore, you are we are buried with Him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Baptism is the like manner and symbolic of Jesus' burial. Baptism is the washing away of sins. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Remission. It is a full pardon. If anybody here tonight and you've been to prison and you got a record... Remission means that it never, ever happened. He takes that full list of every sin that you ever committed. Every sin. And as we spoke this morning, we put levels on sin. We put murder higher than stealing. All sin is the same. All sin will take you to hell. Whether you steal a candy bar from the convenience store or you kill your next door neighbor, sin is sin. And it will take you to hell. But the Bible says that if I repent and I make a decision that in the name of Jesus Christ, I am baptized. The Bible says it's for the remission of sins. It's the washing away of the sin that He forgave you of at an altar tonight. And you shall, everybody say shall, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Remission is the release from bondage or imprisonment as if the penalty has never been committed. It is full pardon. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, then they gladly received His Word, were baptized. And the same day, there were added to them about 3,000 souls. The Apostle Peter knew the importance of not only repentance, but also being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed Peter, there it is again, believing. Takes more. That's just the first step. Peter preaching, or Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. There it is again, the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. 
the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. Acts 10, 47. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? This is Cornelius' household, his family, all his neighbors, all his friends came to hear the Apostle Peter preach. He said, can any man forbid water these that should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? These men have been filled with the Holy Ghost already. And Peter said, hey, they need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. They went down in water in the name of Jesus being spoken over them. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Here again, we see water baptism in the name of Jesus. Being baptized in the name of Jesus is an exciting experience like nothing else. To have remission of sins is priceless. Acts 19.5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 22.16, and now why tarriest thou? If you read that in a more modern version, it says, what are you waiting on? If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus tonight, what are you waiting on? Let me say it again. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus, what are you waiting on? He said, what are you waiting on? Arise, get up, and be baptized and wash away thy sins. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, your sins have not been remitted. Biblically, don't question me, question the Word. If you think the Word is lying to you, it's all on you, my friend. What are you waiting on? Get up. Be baptized. Wash away thy sins. Calling on the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? Yeah, Jesus. Jesus gives insight as to what happens when one is born of the Spirit. This is truly the most exciting miracle and millions are being born of the Spirit in our lifetime. Jesus tells us in John chapter 3 and verse 8. We already read this, but we're going to break this down tonight. The wind. Everybody say the wind. Bloweth where it listeth. It blows wherever it pleases. And thou hearest, everybody say, I hear it, the sound thereof. But canest not tell whence it cometh and where it goeth. You can stand outside tonight. And you can hear the sound. You don't know where it's coming from. And you don't know where it's going. He says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind is compared to the Spirit in various ways. The word wind here is pneuma. In the Greek, and it means, in the Greek, wind, spirit, or breath. Wind 
in this context is invisible, as is the Spirit. The wind moves as the Spirit moves. The wind has a sound as the Spirit has a sound. The wind does not actually have a sound, but the object that the wind hits produces the sound. The wind blowing against a corner of a wall or tree, the leaves rustling against it. There's always a sound accompanied with somebody receiving the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. It's not the wind that makes the sound. It's what the wind is hitting. So is everyone. Everybody say everyone. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. John chapter 3 verse 8. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. According to John chapter 3 and verse 8, there is always a sound accompanied with the receiving of the Spirit. Let's go to the book of Acts and see the word wind, the word spirit, the word ghost in Greek are pneuma. It means wind, spirit, Christ spirit, the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. The word sound in the Greek is phone. It means language. So if we were to read John chapter 3 and verse 8 in the original Greek, it would say that Christ's Spirit bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the phone. You hear the sound or the language. This is telling us that everyone who is born of the Spirit or Christ's Spirit or Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost will hear a sound, a language. Mark chapter 16 and verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. What was our opening text this evening? Third one, Stratton. Pull it up. The third one. The one after that. Keep going. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? These signs shall follow them that believe. Verse 17 of Mark 16. They shall speak with new tongues. 
Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. The word is telling us there is a sign that follows those who believe. You read anywhere in Scripture, whenever God gives a promise. Jason, whenever God gives a promise, what follows it? With Noah, it was a rainbow. There's always a sign following a promise. There is a sign that follow those who believe. They shall speak with new tongues. That word tongues in the Greek is glossier or language. They shall speak with new language. Isaiah 28, 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. People seek R&R, rest and refreshing. And here it is for all those that follow the plan that Jesus gave us. There is a plan to follow. Don't deviate from the plan. Here is what Jesus said before He ascended. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall. Everybody say shall. You will receive the power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto Me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the othermost parts of the earth. Jesus tells us that if we receive this Spirit, we shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon us. What kind of power am I going to receive? Power to live for God. Power to stand against the enemy of our souls. Power to tell others about what God is doing in our time and in our church and in our life. Power to lay hands upon the sick and see the sick recover. Power to lay hands on somebody and watch them receive the Holy Ghost and begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Kind of like how we are tonight. Amen? And suddenly there came a sound. What is sound? Phone. What is that? A language. The sound was in the place. It came from where? Heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. What's wind? Spirit of God. Christ's Spirit. Holy Ghost. He comes blowing into this house. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. It wasn't them doing it. It was that rushing mighty wind that when the wind hit them, there was a sound that came from them. There was a new language that came out of their lips and it wasn't something they were speaking. It was an utterance from God. This is being born of the Spirit. They were all filled. Everybody say all. All filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in a new language. Jesus does not leave us guessing whether we've been born of the Spirit or born of the Holy Ghost. There will be a brand new language we will receive. There were 120 people in the upper room that received this experience. Look, look at some more of these experiences of people receiving the Holy Ghost years after the outpouring in Acts chapter 2. Look at verse chapter 8, verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the Word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. They These people in Samaria, they all got baptized in the name of Jesus. They all repented of their sins. And they send Peter and John because Philip needs some help praying people through. And Peter and John show up in Samaria who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them. We have individuals here tonight, believers, people that have been filled, those that have been baptized in the name of Jesus that are wanting to lay hands and pray for you. The Bible said they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We've got water over here. It's warm. This time, sorry. It's warm. I checked it. Because there are individuals in this house, you have a desire to be baptized the right way. And that's in the name of Jesus. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus, I do not want to be in your shoes. Scripturally, I want to do what the Word of God says because it is absolute truth. They laid their hands on them. And they received the Holy Ghost. How'd they know they received the Holy Ghost? Hello? Heard them speak in other tongues. After Peter and John had received the Holy Ghost, they prayed for others that they might receive the wonderful Holy Ghost birth. Born of water and a spirit. Nicodemus. They'd already been baptized in Jesus' name, born of water. 
After praying and laying their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 10. Here's another one. Cornelius' house. While Peter, verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, he's preaching to them. He's preaching the death, repentance. He's preaching to them the burial, baptism. He's telling them about Holy Ghost infilling. He's preaching the Word of God, the Gospel. It said, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the Word. Kind of like what we're doing tonight. You're hearing the Word. We're all in one place. The Spirit of God is already in this house. Oh, I can hear the wind. I can hear the sound that is moving in this house tonight. And it is for you. It says, and, all, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. These were individuals that had already received the Holy Ghost. And these are individuals that had already been baptized in Jesus' name. They knew all about the experience. They heard the Peter preaching. They were a part of the Holy Ghost Pentecost experience. And as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know? For they heard, everybody say heard, heard them speak with tongues. They heard them speak the glossia, the new language. And magnified God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? Here we go again. Which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. Come on, it's all through the Word of God. And He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord? Jesus. The believers who came with Peter were astonished to see the Holy Ghost poured out on the Gentiles. How do they know? One can't see a spirit. What was the outward sign? They heard them speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The apostles accepted tongues as the evidence to validate the experience. No alternative evidence was acceptable or necessary. Nowhere in the Bible is any other evidence provided. They knew that when someone was born of the Spirit or of the Holy Ghost, they would speak in a new tongue or language. Notice also the command to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Just because they received the Holy Ghost. They still had to be born of the water. That's how it happened for me. And here, final example. Several people being born again of water and of the Spirit. Years after the day of Pentecost. See, it didn't just happen in Acts chapter 2. 
It didn't just happen in Acts chapter 4, 8, 9, 10. Chapter 19, verse 2. And he said unto them, this is our opening text, have you, ye, received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? These individuals obviously were believers or he wouldn't even have noticed. But he said, how were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. He didn't condemn their belief. He didn't condemn the experience that they've made it to so far. He didn't say, well, you're obviously not Pentecostal. So you're condemned. No, he said, we need to add to your experience. It said when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues. They still received the Holy Ghost with evidence of this new language. Notice also, even though they had been baptized, when they heard the message, they were baptized again in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I'm closing. We're living in a day where Jesus is about to come back. Because of that, the supernatural is hitting the earth. Just before the second coming, the Spirit of the Lord is being poured out. Acts chapter 2, verse 16, but this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. This is that which was poured out in the upper room. In Acts 19, Paul asked a question to the disciples of John. Remember, these were believers in Christ. He asked the question. Let's stand. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? This is a very important question because there's a lot of people that believe in Jesus. There's a lot of people 
that accept the Lord as their Lord and Savior, but they have not received the Holy Ghost infilling. Paul said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, We didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. Maybe you're here tonight. And this is the first time you've heard something like this. I want to tell everyone that's in this house tonight, the Holy Ghost is for you. We are about to see people receive His Spirit tonight in this house. If you have not repented of your sins, it's time you turn from sin. It's time to make a verbal commitment and lift up your hands and pray until He fills you with His Spirit as you speak in the heavenly language. Paul baptized them in water. He spoke the name of Jesus Christ over them. And when they came up out of the water, they lifted up their hands. The Bible said He laid hands on their head and they began to speak in a heavenly language. I'm so thankful that what He did back then, He's doing right now. This were the disciples of John in an Acts it was an Acts 2.38 message years later in Acts 19. It was the same message preached by the Apostle Paul. The message has not changed. Peter said in Acts 2 and verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's for you too. I challenge you tonight to go after it. Today is the day of salvation. My question that I leave with you right now is what would stop you right now from receiving the Holy Ghost? We have ministry in this house that wants to lay hands and pray for you. If you would come and repent of sin, it is simply as coming to an altar and saying, God, I need you to forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. You get serious with God. You open up your whole heart. You lay it down on an altar like a bunch of garbage as it is. You say, God, I want you to forgive me for being filthy. I want you to forgive me for being dirty. I want you to forgive me for the words I said, the places I've been, things I've done. It's, it's a conversation between you and Him. You say, okay, God, I'm emptying my whole heart because I'm going to tell you something. He can't fill a heart that's still full of junk.
You unload the junk in repentance. And I promise you tonight, when a minister comes by and lay hands on you, you're going to speak in other tongues as a spirit give utterance, and you will receive the Holy Ghost tonight. And if you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus, when you come up out of that water, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost, and you're going to speak in that sound, that new language, that utterance of God. It ain't going to come from you. It comes from God showing He has infilled you. Would you come tonight? This whole house, why don't you come tonight? And if you want the Holy Ghost, when you come up to this altar, you lift your hands and we're going to pray for you. 